You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Justice is served. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Justice Served here on Black Hollywood Live. My name is Phil Svitek. You guys know me. I brought my lawyer, Chelsea Galicia. Hi there. Glad to have you again today. Not legally my legal lawyer. Right. Especially between the hours of 11 p.m. and 8 a.m. Don't call me. Uh, That only applies to me. That doesn't apply to you at home. Okay. Well, no, no, God, I hate when people when I when I first meet somebody and they find out that I'm a lawyer, their eyes light up like I'm going to come bail them out in the middle of the night, and I'm like, no. well, that's why and they I- listen. Whoa, 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 whoa! This is why they listen to the show. They like, they like it. Exactly. Okay, okay All right. good. We've got a lot to talk about um, besides uh, Chelsea's rants on. Uh, the Not bailing love people of- out in the middle of the night. There you go. Um, the University of Cincinnati uh, police officer already indicted just 10 days after, so we'll talk about that. We have another movie theater with a gunman. This is just the con- this just kind of con- keeps continuing. We've got uh, Dylan Roof indicted. Um, obviously, what happened in uh, in uh, Charleston. Yep. So we'll talk about that. And then uh, Bobby Christina. Well, you know, there's there's reports that there's a killer involved. So we'll tell you who that. Who, who, who's getting the blame for that one? And then uh, something a little bit, uh, not quite lighthearted, but... Uh, as lighthearted I'll, as the stories get on today's show. <laughs> that's right. Uh, we'll talk about Snoop D-O-double-G. And his and problems his, in, in Sweden. Sweden. Um, so, all right. Let's start with our biggest story of today. Uh, this just... This is breaking news. This came out a couple hours ago. Yeah, absolutely. So this happened so fast that we almost didn't even have time to cover it on the show. Usually we cover a a shooting and we cover the protest and then months later, maybe an indictment. But this indictment today came down um, for murder against the University of Cincinnati police officer named Ray Tenzing, who just 10 days ago, July 19th, shot and killed uh, a man that he had pulled over. The, the victim's name is Samuel DeBose, and the officer was wearing a body cam when he pulled over this guy for a, a, an expired tag or something of that nature. The, um, the victim was Cooperative. He seemed a little bit evasive about whether he had his license on him or not, but nothing that warranted him getting shot in the head. Nothing that warranted the police officer fearing for his safety. Actually, when the officer uh, reported what happened, he tried to claim that he had been dragged by the car down the street and had to shoot in order to somehow be let go from the car. He's really out of the DA's office right off the bat. They're refuting like, that this is just preposterous. His story was completely made up and that the video wasn't invaluable. Um, and so, you know, I'm glad I'm glad they're using this evidence and that uh, obviously it is quite shocking that it is that fast and can be that fast but 
the indictment you know, from the the, the indictment exactly. Yeah. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is, I'm well, glad. I'm glad with you know why spend more time on it than than needs to be yeah. from a, from a, you know legal perspective. And so now let's worry about the sentencing. Well, yeah, this is great progress because there is the the quote, and I'm not sure if it's Martin Luther King Jr. who said it, but you know, justice delayed is justice denied. I, I could be making up who said that, but you know, the point is is that there is uh, a more a sense of justice when things occur. Uh, not necessarily quickly, but they move at a reasonable pace. And this did move, you know, quickly. It was a lot easier than a lot of other investigations because the body camera was so clear about what happened. So we, we do know that, uh, body cams are invaluable and hope that, um, police departments across the country start using them, uh, here Can in Can I wear Atlanta. a body cam? Just that, like, if I wore my own body cam and be like, hey. We might listen. catch you doing and say inappropriate things. So, I, I, I don't know. I could, I, I wouldn't no, I'm say just that. saying, in the sense of, uh, you know, if I got pulled over, just, just humor me. Because maybe there is a discussion there. If I wore a body cam, or at the very least, if I got on my phone and started filming our interaction, would that be considered? You're technically, legally allowed to record as long as it's not impeding in an investigation or something of that nature. So, you know, that's something that we've talked a lot about um, in, in protesting. You're allowed to videotape your interaction with, with police. When you're witnessing a crime, you're allowed to, to record, even though you may be told, put that down or don't record. As far as I know, in every jurisdiction you're allowed to. That may be incorrect, but as far as I know, um, there is no place where it is illegal to uh, record interaction with the police officer unless it impedes an investigation or I'm sure there's a, a an exception for safety somewhere. But I don't see how recording somebody um, will make it unsafe, let's say, for the officer. So Do that, people. Start that. So sure, go. <laughs> you might you may want to if you, if you have that concern. But uh, it is uh, impressive that the Cincinnati prosecutor moved so quickly. He he was actually very very emotional in the press conference today when he announced the indictment indictment for murder, saying that this killing was senseless, that this guy never should have been a police officer. The guy was a young guy officer, tensing about twenty five years old, I believe. Um, the prosecutor called it the most asinine act I've ever seen a police officer make. Totally unwarranted. And I think some people are going to be like, well, finally people are believing us because there have been, uh, you know, a lot of people who have, have known that this kind of thing happened in, in the police departments where they lied about what happened uh, to explain a shooting. In fact, there was another officer who lied in the police report to help support this officer. And so we can see that this um, loyalty among police officers is very strong. And so we have to be really careful to rely on one police officer's word when it's a police officer versus a a civilian. Well, uh, even so, don't they, don't they say, um, I don't know, th- this is from a mento, so I don't know how accurate it actually is, but they say, you know, eyewitness accounts are the least... Uh, viable piece of information in sort of, uh, you know, as evidence. Yeah, I, I have heard that too, and there have been studies that, that show that. But in this case, it's not just, you know, was a police officer an eyewitness. And if an officer is a witness, hopefully they're trained to be a good witness. Um, but the problem is that 
when giving a statement, a police officer in that moment seems to be choosing loyalty to their fellow officer rather than telling the truth, at least in this case and perhaps in others. So um, if convicted, this officer will go to um, prison for life. Uh, and I, I, I can't imagine um, that any juror who sees the body cam video will be able to find that this was not murder. I mean, the guy didn't do anything, didn't re- didn't even reach out to him. So the guy couldn't even pretend, the officer couldn't pretend to say, oh, he was reaching for my gun. Nothing. And it was just crystal clear. The prosecutor was just so sad and beside himself. I hope that uh, this not only supports the idea of body cams, but maybe there should be psychological testing for police officers you know, when somebody says that this guy should have never been a police officer, was there a way to psychiatrically test for his, you know, this kind of behavior that this seemed in line with perhaps a personality disorder? Uh, I don't know what you, you, you think of that. Should every officer, either at the beginning here's, or every couple of years? Here's where you get years, into that. I, I don't know. This might be me stepping out of line. I don't even know if it's true or not, but um, but if that was the case, then uh, it just becomes one of those things where if you hire this officer, then he, you know, does he go back and sue you uh, for unjustly firing him because of mental conditions and so on and so forth? It's well, just that's a good point, and it, well, it it should be a requirement, kind of like we are required to renew our driver's licenses, and you know, we have the privilege to drive and. Officers have a privilege to serve in this capacity. And if somebody is not fit to be a police officer in the field, perhaps they can, you know, work a a desk job where they're not interacting with the public. But perhaps what this case should stand for is a notion that police officers who interact with the public should be perhaps regularly tested. I mean, maybe for their own benefit, maybe they're they're seeing things, they're experiencing things that are damaging to them and that they need treatment and attention um, to help get them better. Or perhaps, you know, it was in this guy's personality. There are such things as personality disorders that psychologists and psychiatrists can test for and treat. I don't actually, I don't know if a personality disorder is treatable, but they can find them through testing. So it wouldn't be impossible. It's not like there aren't tests that um, that don't exist that could find something like this. I, I wonder if this could have been discoverable uh, before he was he was hired. But uh, at least the good news is that uh, if there is any good news in a tragic case like this, is that the officer has been uh, is moving along towards justice at a reasonable pace. I would say that's a very Progress. reasonable. That's a very reasonable rate. Yeah. Um, all right. So, at the top, I mentioned another movie theater shooting. Yeah. Uh, this one out of Lafayette, Louisiana, the fourth biggest city in Louisiana. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, this is another tragedy. A mentally ill 59-year-old man named John Hauser uh, stood up after about 20 minutes into the movie Trainwreck uh, and opened fire killing two women and injuring nine other people. He was somebody who was known to his family and the community as being 
basically a wacky guy. He even scared his own family. Is he family. from the community? Because I know, I know there were some reports that came out. That there was debate of, you know, he was actually out of state. Yeah, he was. You're right. He he scared people in his own community. Yeah. And uh, and he chose this community for, for reasons that I have not uh, found. Uh, but he, you know, had appears hatred for African-Americans, Jews, gays. Uh, he was someone who flew the Confederate flag and passed doomsday flyers around his neighborhood and expressed admiration for Adolf Hitler. So not the friendliest, not a social guy. In fact, in 2008, there uh, was a court order in Georgia that sent him to a mental health facility due to his volatile mental state. And one would think that if they've been ordered to a mental health facility, that he never should have been able to legally purchase a gun, which at this point he, it it was found he did legally purchase the gun. But the reason why is because the federal law only states that somebody who is involuntarily ordered to a mental facility can't purchase a gun. And this guy was ordered, but, uh, Either it didn't go through or he voluntarily went along with it. So it didn't trigger this federal warning that he is, does not qualify to purchase um, a gun. So it, it seems to me that more gun control would be reasonable. Beneficial. Although I know there's a lot of people that keep coming back and saying, you know, Second Amendment, Second Amendment, Second Amendment. And those people don't seem to understand that the Second Amendment includes the phrase well-regulated militia. So it doesn't say everyone without question has a right to bear arms. It is for the purposes of a well-regulated militia. And, and, and then I also thought about the argument that people have. Well, everybody should have been armed in that theater. If everyone was armed, then this wouldn't have happened. Well, I don't want to hear the thing. You know what, people? Let's be honest. Most of, like, okay, you're a female. You you Last guys, time I checked. You guys carry, like, heavy bags. Do you like carrying heavy bags? Not really. Okay. So now, from the female perspective, do you want to now carry an AK-47 along with your heavy bag? Not at all. Okay. I've downsized my life to a smartphone that has, that the case has all the stuff in there. I don't want to have to carry a gun. Okay. Well, That's that- just too much baggage literally all right well, okay that's a really great point the other point is let's just say that all i think it was 25 people in the theater were mm-hmm. armed so this guy stands up and i'm sure most people did not friendly fire immediately know thank you you know where i'm going with this most people at the beginning didn't know what was going on they thought it was fireworks or, or i don't know something part of the movie so they didn't react right away so some people would have been killed right there. And then let's just say people did stand up and start shooting. What if they shot somebody else in the theater aiming for the gunman but hitting somebody else? Because, A, you know, it's I doubt that we're all going to be expert marksmen, you know, the first time we try and shoot a gun. And when you're in that situation and you're nervous and it's a dark theater, how can you be sure that you're shooting the gunman and not another moviegoer? I, I, I don't well, see the thing, is how it, that's just even, reasonable. Even right off the bat. Um, you know, if nine people get out guns, who's the original gunman? Right. <laughs> it's a guessing game. Yeah. So, um, really, you know, really tragic. This is another one of those lone, um, 
wolf gunmen who uh, criminologists, you know, say they these people have like a profile where they're paranoid. They uh, blame everybody else in the world for all the problems. They take no responsibility for any of their own problems. And he alienated his family and and lived basically isolated. He had had a wife who, you know, divorced him and uh, a mother who hadn't seen him in a long time, although did give him $5,000 recently uh, because I think he had lost his job. Uh, and, and actually, frightening, this guy had actually gone to law school, which goes to show you, because apparently this guy was intelligent, so which goes to show you that you shouldn't automatically respect somebody just because they graduated from, from law school. I don't. I, <laughs> um, I, I actually don't know if he graduated, um, but it is known that he never took the bar exam, but he did run a bar of the alcoholic kind instead. Um some people are saying that uh, we need to recognize this as a hate crime against women because two women were killed. Uh, it seems to me that he hated everybody. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you you would have to kind of question. Okay, Trainwreck is a very female uh, based kind of movie. A lot of you know that's what was that's who it was marketed to, and so on and so forth. And that's most of who likes it. Yeah, I particularly don't. But, again, that's beside the point. Uh, the point being that, yes, it's females who go to see it. So, I don't know. Did he choose choose that movie specifically? I don't know. Did he dislike Amy Schumer? I don't, you know, yeah. I don't necessarily think you can draw conclusions from that specifically. It would have been interesting to know, you know. I mean, if what was he doing been, in Lafayette anyway? Who knows? That still remains open. Yeah. It's it's not even his community. It's not even state. Right. I, so what, what would have been interesting to me had he not killed himself and had he been tried was whether this would have sparked a, a a nationwide conversation about should there really be a, a hate crime against uh, women law because most states I don't, actually don't know of any that have hate crimes against women uh, and we will actually talk about hate crimes in our next story with with Dylan Roof but uh, we don't we will never know this conversation probably won't be sparked because the gunman killed himself even though it appears that he had getaway plans in his hotel room or motel room I should say where he was staying he had wigs to, to disguise himself and uh, look like he was preparing to to run away because he had swapped out the license plate on the car that he was driving uh, so he, he originally thought he would run away and I don't know what he thought he would do, but apparently as he saw police closing in, he just shot himself in the head. So uh, now all there is to do is mourn for the two uh, to do the two victims and perhaps consider doing something about who we give guns to. But um, this, you know, transitions um, well into the Dylan Roof update. So Dylan Roof is the young man who murdered um, people in the Charleston uh, church. And in the state of South Carolina, there are no hate crime statues. So Loretta Lynch uh, announced that there was he was going to be federally indicted on um, hate crimes for the fact that this was clearly racially motivated and that it obstructed the this group's um, ability to exercise their religious freedom. So I think it is, even though you're like, well, in the state of South Carolina, he's 
either going to be put to you know death or given life in prison for the murders that he did commit. Why do we need this federal uh, penalty enhancement? And I, I think it's important. Um, number one, because South Carolina as a state doesn't have these kinds of statutes. And so it's important for, I think, the nation, for our sense of justice to acknowledge that this was racially motivated and religiously motivated uh, and and it, to make it clear to everybody that crimes against people for a different race or because of their religion uh, is not tolerated Eventually in gender. this country. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully gender will one day be one of the... Um, Mm-hmm. Classifications protected by by hate crimes, but it, it's currently uh, not. But we'll see if the state will try and first or federally first. I have a feeling it'll be the state trying them first. Um, but there is the that announcement. There you go. That's uh, again the good news is it's moving on. Uh, as positive direction as it can under the circumstances. Yeah, for, for, for me. I mean, it is, a, it is a big deal for the Attorney General to, um, I'm sorry, the U.S. Attorney to, to acknowledge the racial undertones, bias, discrimination um, that that were in this case. Uh, because there were there were people, <clears throat> Fox News, who were saying everybody's saying this is racially motivated, and it's so not. Why does everything have to be about race? Well, everything is not about race, but this case was definitely about race, and it's important to acknowledge that. I mean, it is well known by now that Dylan Roof targeted this church because of its historic nature um, as a, a, a black church, uh, and he very. Right before the shooting was seen in photographs holding the Confederate flag, so on and so forth. So um, the acknowledgement that this is racially motivated, I think, is very important. Um, I, don't e- I don't even think that needs more explanation, but Fair hopefully enough. that makes sense. All right. So Bobby Christina has yeah. passed away. This we know. That is not the news that we're reporting. The news that we're reporting is that attention is now going to focus on... Uh, someone else, and it's not—it's uh, not her guardians either. Right. It is her boyfriend, Nick Gordon. Uh, you know, uh, signs point to to the fact that him and Max Lomas, uh, one of his friends, when they called in, uh, finding that that uh, Bobby Christina was in this tub, uh, there were marks on her. Yeah. And so it seems very suspicious that who gave her these marks. Yes, uh, that does. And so prosecutors, or not prosecutors have been investigating, but police have been investigating this for a while now because of those marks that you have mentioned. But those marks by themselves would be very difficult without her testimony to say where they came from to prove that they were uh, from Nick. And even if they were, that they had anything to do with her death. So... Instead, what they're going for is an involuntary uh, manslaughter charge against the boyfriend for supplying her with the drugs when he basically knew or should have known that she, you know, had a drug problem and has passed out in bathtubs due to drugs before. Uh, Apparently, the same night that her mother died, Bobby Christina fell asleep in a bathtub and flooded the hotel room that she was staying in. Um, I mean, so 
ironic that that's the same thing that happened to her mother the same night. Uh, we in the public did not know that because her PR person had said that she was hospitalized for exhaustion. But the truth now we know is that she was uh, hospitalized because she passed out or fell asleep under the influence of drugs while in the, in the bathtub. So I see what the prosecutors are, are, are going for. And, and how Max Lomas plays into this is he was a friend of theirs who arrived on the scene and who actually found Bobby Christina. And Max Lomas is facing two federal uh, drug charges not related to this case, but in the state of Georgia, totally separate issue. But prosecutors are considering asking him to um, for a deal that they will reduce the drug charges, perhaps give him um, probation or something like that in exchange for him having immunity in the Bobby Christina case and for saying what happened that day. What does he know? My personal opinion of this is that even if they get Max Lomas to say what he saw, I, I doubt he saw... Bobby Christina take drugs that he and he knew where they came from, and that's the the part this the the connection that is not real clear is did she get the drugs herself? Did did he, uh, Nick Gordon know that she took the drugs? What I mean there there's just it's a really tenuous connection. There is a connection, but I think it's too tenuous it's too far stretched do you think it's bold to do you think it's bold and it's right to try to you know pick at this in that sense or or is just you know again even though it's grasping at straws is it well-intentioned is it worth it it, i mean perhaps it is well-intentioned anytime you know a 22 year old girl dies of unnatural causes you know we we would like the authorities to look into why it happened um and you know maybe there's more to the story that i i don't know but given the information that i am saying maybe prosecutor i'm sure prosecutors know more than i do um and maybe it's just the limited information that is available at this time that leads me to that conclusion maybe they know more and maybe there is something to this uh of course we'll keep everyone posted if there is there you go um all right so snoop dog went to sweden he did a performance, and then afterwards he gets arrested for uh, driving while black. Well, yes, so he says. So yeah. he says. And actually, he wasn't even driving, which is kind of an interesting part of the story. He was the passenger. Yeah, and that's the part. So, you know, he's – and that's where the conflicting reports are happening because from the Swedish authorities, they're saying, you know, uh, he wasn't driving. Snoop Dogg's saying he is driving. I don't know who to believe on that. Like, there has to be – and we have to come to a conclusion at least on that before we yeah. get into why he was fully arrested. Well, you know, Sweden, I don't know actually if you knew this, I don't know if I really knew this, uh, has a very, very strict no drug policy. I did. I practiced law in Sweden for three years. <laughs> He's kidding for everybody that doesn't know. If you're new to the show, welcome. Um, but everybody who's who's heard the show before knows that Phil is, is not an attorney. As sophisticated as he sounds, he is not one. But... Uh, Snoop Dogg thinks he was racially profiled. There's other people that say that he, maybe he was just celebrity profiled, or maybe because his persona is so much of a marijuana endorser, user. But, I mean, to say that is to assume that the police officer who pulled them over 
knew it was Snoop in the car. But regardless, if the if if Sweden, let's say, I don't know how strict they are, but you know, if they have a zero tolerance policy on weed, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like it, that's beside the point. Yeah, okay, you could say, oh, maybe he was going. No, but regardless, the the fact of the matter is that they have they. Weed is illegal. That's it. Yeah. Well, and 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 we. I wanted to ask. Well, what did they get pulled over for in the first place? And it was, you know, unsafe lane change. Or it, it seemed to be pretty um, benign. Nothing major. But I'm wondering why he would get arrested if he was not the driver, and drug tested and all that. If if he wasn't even driving, if he wasn't even responsible for whatever traffic violation they pulled him over for. But that's looking at through. At, at this case, through the lens of you know the United States Fourth Amendment, which you know Sweden doesn't have, and I don't know if they have something that's equivalent to it here in the United States, you would not see a, an officer pull somebody over and then, having no reasonable suspicion, arrest a passenger and test them for drugs. Well, uh, Snoop, Dogg, Snoop Dogg says that the test came back in and that he was clean. And the However, Swedish authorities be- say that the test hasn't come back yet, but it's been a, a couple of days now. If they really they said wanted two weeks, I don't know. That's I read a report that that said I don't know for some reason it's they the, need two weeks. It's the world's slowest drug test. And maybe they're backed up. I don't know. Perhaps because they test everybody that's out on the street. Maybe I don't know. But uh, Snoop says he's not returning there. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know how upset his Swedish fans. Are about that. Apparently, they will but be. I, I am interested to know uh, from our viewers and listeners: Do you think he was racially profiled, or you know, this is Snoop? Of course, he's doing drugs, and that's why they you know arrested him, or just because he's a celebrity, or just because he actually had drugs. Nobody said that they saw him with drugs. Okay, well, that he was actually <laughs> high. Okay, all right. I so- just think no offense, like. In the spirit of which this is intended, no offense, 90% of the time I'm sure that you can be like, Snoop Dogg's known for this. So I'm sure, you know, most times that you're going to meet Snoop Dogg, you're going to be like, is he high? At least whether or not he is, the question's going to come up in your mind. Sure, fair enough. Given his public persona, I'm not surprised. I mean, hey, this ties into, I know we, 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 you know, um, um, Bill Cosby wasn't on our official doc, but in, in that sense, again, you know, we, we talked about it kind of nonstop in the past couple of weeks, you know, in the court of public opinion, right? Whether or not Snoop Dogg is high all the time is irrelevant because in his public persona, that's who he is, someone yeah. who is literally high all the time. And I'm not familiar with Swedish law, but I'm pretty sure that they're not going to convict him of drug use for his public persona, but... Um yeah. Oh, yeah. And but I'm but it, sure leaves, it leaves op- yeah, it leaves it open to suspicion. Yeah. And definitely next week, I am sure there will be more on uh, Bill Cosby. There's a, a an amazing. Did you see New York Magazine the cover with all 35 women sitting in chairs, and then they have interviewed each of them, and their stories are strikingly similar. But that will be left for uh, another day. I think we're we're a little Cosbyed out over here, so we'll we'll give it a break for a week. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm almost sure it'll be back next week. Indeed. And uh, speaking of being back, we'll be back for you guys. Um, that's what we do every week. We deliver legal news. We have some fun with it when we can. And we try to give you guys advice. But 
the added element is you guys get to participate as well. Anything that we talked about, um, if you guys have just general questions from a legal perspective, if you guys have your own input, whether legal or not, feel free to comment on this. Uh, you know, we talked about Bobby Christina. Do you think there is a case to be made there? Is it worthwhile to go after it? Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we talked about Snoop Dogg. Is, was it racial profiling? Um, and everything like that. Um, so there's a lot to there's a lot to comment on, people. Yep. And one of the other things you can comment on, if there isn't a legal uh, news story that we didn't hit that you guys would like to talk about off uh, offline for in air quotes because it's obviously online. Anyway, uh, for more direct interaction, uh, Chelsea Galicia, where can the people find you? At Chelsea Galicia. And uh, is it uh, Azaria Law? For Sarah Azari? At Azari Law, yes. Yes, at Azari Law for Sarah Azari, who will be returning. Same with Mari Fagel. Uh, Yes, at Mari Fagel and at Your Legal Lady for Mari Fagel. And I'm Phil Svitek, and you can catch us here on BHL's Justice is Served. And check out other shows. Um, Very uh, kind of similar to ours is the uh, Black Tea Party, which takes a political standpoint on various things. And sometimes there's crossover in that way. And we love it because we talk about it from a legal perspective. They talk about it from a politics standpoint. There's This Week. There's The Beat, which is all music. There's Just Saying. There's Reality Check, which is all about reality stars. Fashion 401. No explanation necessary there. And Geek Nerd Tech, which is all about tech news and stuff like that. Geeky stuff. So we'll see you here next time. From producers Dariel Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.